Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello. We're back. We are the dueling club. I'm Al. I'm Jen. So yeah. And we're eating delicious cookie bars that our friend Marianne sent to us for Thanksgiving. She also listens to the podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. And my dog is losing her mind in the backyard. It's fine. It's fine. We're good. <laughs> if you keep saying it's fine, you might believe it at some point. No? Okay. Anyway. So that's what's news from the last podcast. We decided to... Okay. We're not sponsored. I wish we were. However, Bang Energy Drinks mm-hmm. are fantastic. True. They are sugar-free, mm-hmm. um, zero carbs, made with, I'm trying to find out what exactly sweetens them. Um, they have absorbic acid, so they have, you know, citric acid in them. Anyway, they're sugar-free. They're sugar-free. <laughs> They're zero calories, and they actually taste like the things they're supposed to taste like. Like a pina colada one. We are currently drinking a pina colada one. Yes. And it tastes like a non-alcoholic pina colada. Like our mother, who loves pina coladas, would drink this and be super happy. Mm Mm-hmm. We had one called Miami Miami Cola, and it tastes like a Cuba Libre, which is essentially Coke and lime. Coca-Cola. And lime. I have to be very specific. Yes, you do. Uh, whatever, not going to make a bad joke. So, I had one called Starburst the other day because mm-hmm. the boyfriend bought it. Uh-huh. And it tastes like that Starburst um, Icy that you can buy. Yep. The blue, the red, white, and blue Starburst Icy. Mm-hmm. It tastes just like that. Okay. They're currently on sale at 7 Eleven, two for four dollars. That's why we got two of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Make deals where you can. Um, but. <clears throat> We're not sponsored. But they're fantastic. If you can get them and you like those kinds of interesting flavors, go for it. They also have a peach mango that is very equally peach and mango. The one that I would put push that we wouldn't be sponsored by is Marianne. If she were to sell her baking because her baked goods. They're phenomenal. Because, wow. So, there are these cookies that we make for pretty much, that I make for pretty much any holiday. That people from, South, our parents from, are from. From Uruguay and from other South American countries. They have versions of them. Even Spain has a version of it. They're called alfajores. They're essentially a, a cross between a sugar cookie and a butter cookie. Um, with dulce de leche sandwiched in between, and then it's rolled in coconut shavings. Which, if you don't know what dulce de leche is, it's, it's caramel made with milk instead of yeah, water. Yeah, milk caramel. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and they're, they're not super difficult to make, but they're a little bit labor-intensive, so they only ever get made on the holidays. Uh-huh. And Marianne was like, oh my gosh, I love these so much. I wish you were here. I miss you, because she lives on the other side of the country. So she made these cookie bars that are inspired by this cookie and her cookie bars to me taste exactly like what the cookie tastes like 
I am thoroughly enjoying them. And she does this. She'll find things that inspire her to bake deliciousness. And I might get a talk for this. I think they taste better than the actual cookie. You shut your mouth. Am I wrong that sometimes the cookies are dry? Sometimes, but that's that is a depending on when you eat them, depending on who made them. For the most part, they dry out fairly quickly. Yes. And so you're left with a dry cookie, and then you're left with the filling, which also makes you a little thirsty. Mm-hmm. This inherent lack of moisture, but there's something in these cook in these cookie bars. That help help you like salivate a little bit, so it handles that. So they feel way less dry. I think it's because you're chewing on them a little bit longer than you do the cookies. True, well, could be it. But to me, I like the cookies bar better than the cookies usually. Anyway, I was only supposed to give you one. I give you two. You're so sweet to me. <laughs> like the cookie bar. Yes. So enough. You know what that. else would be really sweet? If they were to like, follow, and subscribe. Yes. High five. Um, so. <laughs> on Facebook, our Facebook group, on Instagram, on Twitter. Also. Yes. So, all of that. Uh-huh. But, listen to us on Podbean, because that's where we're hosted, or anywhere where you listen to your podcast. But they're gonna, there's going to be a big upgrade for the, the podcast, right? Hopefully. We if, if all goes to plan, we're buying, like... I, I will also buy my own stuff, obviously. We're planning on buying new... Actual official equipment. Yes. As like opposed a sound to mixer. this $20 mic that we have right now. Yeah. It would, it would be an upgrade of like $400 plus. Yeah. Plus, I'd actually get us like a, a desk and like chairs to sit at back here. Because that's what I wanted anyway. So... Mm-hmm. Like... Big, big things for this upcoming year for the podcast, I think. So, we've been talking about, let's wait until this, let's wait until that to upgrade certain things for the podcast. But why? And also computer. Mm-hmm. We will start using my, my gaming laptop instead. Yeah. Um, because we haven't mentioned our technical difficulties super often, but this laptop like sometimes loses... Mm-hmm. upwards of like 20 seconds of audio and then we have to like re-record or delete or try and make it fit or make stuff work. Yeah, it's not fun. No. Um, it makes it really difficult. However, that's technical stuff that you guys don't need to know about. Yeah, but the mic stuff is pertinent because we'll sound better. Mm-hmm. So, we're yeah. also getting better at not eating on the mic. Even if we are now, we're quiet about it. Exactly. Because we understand that it may not be pleasing to everybody. Yes. Precisely. Moving on. Yeah, so we're doing... Um, I, I think we, we haven't actually talked about it, which we were supposed to. Mm-hmm. But let's just do the bonus episodes of something aside. They're their own little section. Just Instead of like season, season four, season whatever, it'll be like bonus episode. All the bonus episodes will be put together in our own playlist. So this is season four, episode 1920. Something. Something. Again, it'll be right in the listing. We just yes. have no idea because we haven't talked about it. Chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. The Four Champions. Okay. So, very quickly. <clears throat> yes. And last one. 
there's an age line around the Goblet of Fire. It's supposed to pick three three champions, one from each school that's participating, hence the Triwizard Tournament. Yes. Um, they had 24 hours to put their name in. People tried to use aging potions. Didn't work. So that night, Halloween night, it's picking the the champions. And we get Cedric Diggory from Hogwarts. Well, I think the order is Victor Crumb, mm-hmm. Fleur de la Cour. Victor Crumb from Durmstrang. Yes. Fleur de la Cour. From Bobaton. Good job on the accent. I'm telling you. I know. I'm here for it. Cedric Diggory. From Hogwarts. Which Woo-hoo! which is generally approved. People like him. Yes. He's handsome. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Quidditch captain. Uh-huh. I think... I'm not sure if he's best in his year, but he's probably in that direction. He's pretty up there. Yeah. They say that he's really smart. Yeah. And he's um prefect. Yes. Correct. Yes. Because Hermione says it like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, everybody's getting ready. The The champions, as they're called, they go to a different room. It's like, it, by the way, the room is a kind of interesting because it hasn't been brought up until now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's brought up ever again besides no. in a later chapter. But like after mm-hmm. this book, it's not brought up again. No. Um, there's like a weird like offshoot to the Great Hall that's never been mentioned. And it like slo- apparently like slopes down and around. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I'm thinking that that's how, like, if a if a teacher has to come in late, that's how they come in late instead of going through the the front doors to get like to Moody where their seating has to be. That would like disrupt yeah. everything. And obviously, Moody wouldn't know that that's there because that was teacher. his first day. Yep, yeah. <clears throat> makes absolute sense. Um, but yeah, they go off to their their own little offshoot chamber. room chamber, yeah. and then lo and behold. Fourth name gets called for the Tri Wizard Tournament, so now it's the Quadra Quadra Wizard Tournament. The Quad. The yeah. Quad Wizard Tournament. The Quad The Quad Wizard Tournament. And of course, who's always getting into trouble? You know who it is. It's your boy Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yes. So um, <clears throat> the first three champions announcements were received with applause, but Harry's name is met with stunned silence. To Professor Dumbledore's repeated summons. Harry joins the other champions, Victor Crumb, Ford Delacour, and Cedric Degree in the other room. Poor Harry is just sitting there in disbelief because he knows mm-hmm. he didn't put his name in there. And doesn't Hermione nudge him to go up? Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think that... Hermione does. I think somebody knows. I, 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 th- I think she, like, wakes him up from his stupor and is like, Harry, yeah. go. He called your name. Yeah, and and everybody's looking at him weird. Even in the movie, they're like... That boy, Harry Potter, you know he's up to something. Yeah. Um, And the funny thing is, is, like, how Harry sees them when he enters, like, the Mm -hmm. chamber is, um, what was it? Victor Crumb, Cedric Dick, and Flutterclaw were grouped around the fire. They looked strangely impressive, silhouetted against the flames. Victor, hunched over and brooding, was leaning against the mantelpiece, slightly apart from the other two. Cedric was standing with his hands behind his back, staring into the fire. Floyd de la Cour looked back, looked looked around when Harry walked in and threw back her sheet of long silvery hair. Yeah, like do you, do they need something from us? Do they like, want us back in the hall? And then Ludo Bagman, you know, bursts his way into the chamber. Because he's this big old boisterous mm-hmm. guy. And he introduces Harry as the fourth Triwizard Champion. 
So they can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, Crumb is angry while Cedric seems nonplussed. I mean, he's probably like... This has to be a joke. This is, is a, come on. Like, come on. Whatever. Or he's like, of course there is. Yeah, the, true. <laughs> of course he's the fourth wizard in a three <clears throat> wizard tournament. Yep. Like, Harry gets all the special treatment. Floor Delacour claims it must be a joke. He is too young. But Bagman replies that the age restriction was never in the previous rules anyway. Okay. Dumbledore calmly asks. Well, I'm going to read it. I'm going to okay. read it. Right. And because his name was selected by the goblet, he is required to compete. Uh-huh. Um, Professor Dumbledore, Mr. Crouch, Madame Maxine, Professor Carcroft, Professor McGonagall, and Professor Snape enter. Okay. Um, read it, read it. Read it from I, the book. I, right before, because it, it, trust me. Okay. Madame Maxine and Professor Carcroft immediately tax Professor Dumbledore as to how this could have happened. Snape accuses Harry of cheating, saying he has been breaking school rules ever since he arrived at Hogwarts. Which he has. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore. Okay. One second. So, Snape is not wrong. You find it. Yeah. Snape is not wrong. Harry has been breaking rules since day one. Okay. Thank you, Severus, said Dumbledore firmly, and Snape went quiet, though his eyes still glinted malevolently through his curtain of greasy black hair. Professor Dumbledore was now looking down at Harry, who looked right back at him, trying to discern the expression of his eyes behind the half-moon spectacles. Did you put your name into the Goblet of Fire, Harry? He asked calmly. No, said Harry. He was very aware of everybody watching him closely. Snape made a soft noise of impatient disbelief in the shadows. Did you ask an older student to put it into the Goblet of Fire for you? Said Dumbledore, ignoring Snape. No, said Harry vehemently. Ah, but of course he is lying. Madame Maxine. Was that a good... Yes. Okay. I like it. Good job. Uh, Madame Maxine. Snape was now shaking his head, his lip curling. He could not have crossed the age line, said Professor McGonagall sharply. I am sure we are all uh, we are all agreed on that. Dumbledore must have made a mistake with the line, said Ma- Madame Maxine, shrugging. It is possible, of course, said Dumbledore politely. No, he's, he's not being... He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> he's, he's just like... <laughs> It's me. It's totally me. <laughs> yeah, my, my bad. <laughs> like, it made four other students grow beards. I could only... And flung them back. But yeah. Yeah, I, you know, me, who can probably take everyone on in this room by myself. It was my bad. Whoops. Like, did you guys forget that I defeated Grindelwald? I'm just yeah. saying. Basically. I did that. But yeah, I totally broke the rules. Um, so Karkaroff appeals to the impartial du- judges, Crouch and Bagman. Crouch says that the rules are specific. Anyone whose name comes from the goblet is magically bound to compete. Okay. So the reason I said he says it calmly is because the, in movie. the, the, movie, the movie makes me so angry at this point. Because the movie, he's like, Harry's he just standing there. At him. Harry's just standing there like, I have no idea what's happening. And he storms, Dumbledore storms in and storms at him. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Like, no, like no. Like, no, like, no, like scared. I, I, I'm pretty sure Daniel Radcliffe was <laughs> actually literally scared. Did but. you see? It went like this. Because I was, because I scared the mic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe was probably literally scared because he probably read the book after, yeah. like before he started filming to yeah. sort of get the reactions right. And here comes Michael Gambon just running at him. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Yes. And I don't know, dude. That, that 
it's like such a meme at this point, but it's another reason why the movie makes me say it. Yes. <sighs> anyway. Carcroft he definitely and... went in a direction, though. What? Michael Gammon definitely went in a direction. It wasn't... It was not what the book called for. But imagine, However, imagine it that makes scene. sense, though. Imagine that scene with Richard Harris. Oh, Richard Harris would have done it exactly like the book. Yeah, he would have. That's yeah, the thing. Because Richard Harris was... Actually was, No, no. <laughs> We're not going to take away he, from the fact that Michael Gammon did a good job. He played the the calm, quieter yes. Dumbledore. Whereas the other, Michael Gammon plays the the fiery Dumbledore that's needed in the next few books. Yeah. Because that's who he is. Like, I really, really, really hope that somebody for Christmas gets me the the Life and Lies of Dumbledore mm-hmm. book that is available for purchase mm-hmm. um, on Amazon. Uh, I think it's like 10 bucks or 18 bucks or something. Um if nobody gets it for me for Christmas, I will get it for myself. So this is not me asking for somebody to get mm-hmm. it for us. Because it's not like if you could get it to us anyway. Because we don't have a P.O. box or anything. Which we should probably think of doing if we're ever going to have people Maybe. be able to send us stuff. That's but that's neither here nor there. Um, because I, Because we end up realizing, even now, we realize that in the first book, we don't know a lot about him. Other than the fact that he's super powerful. We don't really... And that he defeated Grindelwald. <clears throat> but that's because we know that from reading histories from of things. And his chocolate frog card. And his chocolate frog card. <laughs> so... And then um, he's the head of the Wizengamot. He was. No, he is. Right now. Oh, he is right now. Yeah, he actually is. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what is it? What is it? Who... God. How do they pronounce it in the, in the movie? He's the grand something. The wizard Agamemnon or something like that. I was like, yeah. the wizard Gamot. Yeah. And you kind of have to say it with your mouth like this. And the grand Poobah of something or another. <laughs> anyway, the wizard Gamot. Yes. Okay, I just had um, to do a weird thing with my mouth. I didn't like it. Karkaroff well, demands that they resubmit names into the goblet until each school has two champions. But Bagman points out that the goblet is now extinguished and it will not reignite until the next tournament. Karkaroff threatens to withdraw when Moody... Withdraw, obviously, crumb from the competition. Yeah. The school, his school from the competition. Yeah. Um, when Professor Moody enters and reminds Karkaroff that the same rule rules bind the Durmstring champion to compete. Yeah. Uh, he suggests that someone used powerful magic to hoodwink the goblet into believing yeah. Harry was the lone competitor from a fourth school solely to kill him. So, you have to remember, Harry is 14. And although he's able to do things that other, that even older wizards have trouble with, like the Patronus charm, which he learned last year, uh-huh. um, and obviously he can fight off an imperious curse, like he can shake it off better than most adult wizards can. Yes. He's still not powerful enough to have figured out how to, one, get past an age line, and two hoodwink the impartial chooser to choose him. I like it's just two lines of defense that he doesn't have the training no. to circumvent. Like the other things, he he was naturally good at at 
Let's talk about the most recent one. He was naturally good at coming out from the Imperius curse. Yeah. Like, even from the first one, he was able to half-stop himself. Okay, cool. He had some natural ability there. But he still had to be trained on how to fully get get out from under it. Mm -hmm. Just like the first time he tried to cast a Patronus, uh, he was knocked out almost immediately. He had to train to learn how to do that. How could he have, in a day, figure out how to go through those two lines of defense? The first one created by Dumbledore. Yeah. And the second one is using a Confundus charm so powerful, it hoodwinks a centuries-old magical object. That has, for centuries, done the job correctly. Yeah. Doesn't really make sense. No. But everybody wants to jump to the unbelievable because they're like, well, it's Harry Potter. I mean, he could. Why not? Well, well the thing is, is that <clears throat> Karkaroff and Maxine can totally think that it was Dumbledore. Yes. Who let, the, who let it happen. Because although there is a friendly rivalry, these it's magical still a rivalry. schools. Yes. And there's a rivalry between the magical schools. And again, he's so powerful that it's not above him to have the ability to do that. Yep. But just because you can doesn't mean you will. Yep. Which is why Dumbledore actually Is that threw... like the license plate you sent me of the really loud car? No. No. Okay. It was the person I was... I'll play later. Okay. Because um, that would have been awesome because that person's car needs to be towed. Yes. And but disabled. That's why Dumbledore actually throws the blame and, and like all that away from him immediately. And it's like, Harry, did you do it? Did you ask an older student to do it? Because, like, that's him sort of defending himself as well. Like, I did not do this. Yeah. <sighs> Which, why would they ever think that Dumbledore would put Harry's life at risk? What? Not, not, not even because it's just Harry, Harry but any but, younger student. Yes. He wouldn't do that. No. Because they would. That's what it makes me think Carcroft of. I've actually had this conversation with a lot of people. And not... It's it's a well, that, that, tangentially related, tangentially related mm-hmm. conversation, where when somebody says something and accuses you of something, it's because they themselves are thinking of doing it, have done it, would do it. Which is th- this this ex- that by, is I agree by the way. Yes, but that explains the avenues that both headmasters take because mm-hmm. I use plurals and masters. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm um, Karkroff. Thinks that someone did it for Harry. Yes. Whereas Madame Maxine thinks Harry's lying. Yes. Those are two completely different thoughts. Oh, yeah. Because Madame Maxine doesn't think that it would be Dumbledore at all. No. She doesn't take that avenue. She thinks that Harry's lying and somehow figured out a way. Which is entirely possible, maybe. Like, eh, I mean, him uh, and his two friends did what, figure out how to get through the puzzles in first yeah, year. Well, but I mean, they don't really know that. But yeah. what if... What if instead of I'm a student... I'm sure that the, the rumors have gone Maybe, around. but it's all unsubstantiated stuff. Yes. So, like... But the... It could just... The Deadly Prophet lives in unsubstantiated yeah, stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, is, like, think of someone from a different country hearing about this crazy story, and, and it's just like, they're just trying to make him sound more important than what he actually is. But now that this has happened, maybe. Maybe, but the thing is, I'm just saying, like, Madame immediately thinks that Harry's lying. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what if it wasn't a student? What if it was a teacher? It's possible. Yeah. 
Um, but Karkroth immediately thinks that it's the school trying to get more credibility or create a more sensational tale. That's the kind of person yes. he is. So See, it makes a whole lot of sense. Psychologically speaking, it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, Look at us go. High five. <clears throat> Projection for the win. Yep. So Karkaroff, um, he, like, he is like, Moody, you thought a lot about this. Which is goes into what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. The whole psychology, uh, psychology thing of it. Psychological aspect of and it. And Moody says, I've had to. I've had to learn how to think like dark wizards think. Mm-hmm. And then Karkaroff is like, fine, whatever, but it looks like you're, you're looking for plots. It's like it, murder you're plots looking out of nowhere. For, well, what, what did they say? You're looking for conspiracies where there are none. You're looking for... Oh. You're looking for plots where none exist. So basically throwing it back to how he thought someone was out to get him and he magicked some dustbins. And scared the police. We all know Professor Moody considers the morning wasted if he hasn't discovered six plots to murder him before lunchtime, said Karkaroff loudly. Apparently, he is now teaching his students to fear assassination, too. An odd quality in a defense against a dark arts teacher, Dumbledore, but no doubt you had your reasons. Imagining He's things, like am I? He's like throwing subtle shade, too. Imagining things, am I? growled Moody. Seeing things, eh? It was a skilled witcher wizard who put the boy's name in that goblet. Ah, uh, what evidence is there of that? Said Madame Maxine, throwing the fact her that he's standing there. Because they hoodwinked a very powerful magical object. Like, uh. they, So, what ends up happening with people, and I think that this is where it was written really well. Mm-hmm. Um, what ends up happening with people is when they get worked up, their higher functioning of, of problem-solving skills mm-hmm. and deduction don't work as well. Because it's clouded by emotion. And you need to be unemotional when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is it? Occam's Razor? The simplest explanation is usually the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the simplest explanation? For Madame Maxime, he's lying. He figured something out. He did it. Or he had someone figure it out or for him. Or he had someone figure it out for him. He, and it all boils down to, he's lying. Yep. Not that Dumbledore cheated. Not that Dumbledore didn't do the age line correctly. He's lying. Um, for Karkaroff, it's you're lying. Mm-hmm. Pointed at Dumbledore. You did something. Yeah, because you wanted you wanted to win. Yeah. And what? So it's a thirty three percent, thirty three point three. Repeating thirty three point three 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 yeah. But now, if Harry is also included, that is a 50% chance. Now it's a 50% chance. You've upped Over, your odds. And it lowered his. Yes. So, Harry, so Dumbledore, you're lying. You you made this happen. You've messed with the odds. Yep. You lying, cheating, sneak you. But this is a plot, and the plot point, I'm going to read it, or like important to the plot. There are, tho- there are those who will turn innocent occasions to their advantage. Moody retorted in a menacing voice. It's my job to think the way dark wizards do, Karkarov, as you ought to remember. So remember how last time we said that Karkarov looked at Moody with fear and like anger Mm -hmm. or annoyance? So now we're getting to figure out why. 
He's basically saying, you ought to remember this. It's my job to think like dark wizards, and you ought to remember this. Mm -hmm. So that's insinuating. As readers, we're reading this, and we're like, huh, so Karkaroff was a dark wizard? Or new dark wizards. Or new dark wizards. I'm just, just saying. And we find out that Moody's first name is Alistair, because Dumbledore warns him. Like, you know, you know when someone does something, you're like... You say their name. You're like, like, hey. Like, like Jen. Yeah. Um, he does that for him. Yeah. Like Alistair. And he stops. Like, mixed company, bro. Read the audience. Yep. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Dumbledore interrupts the heated debate, saying their path is clear. All four champions must compete. Madame Maxine protests, but when Dumbledore asks for alternatives, she has none. Well, of course she doesn't have any. Like, she, they can't even figure out how Harry got chosen as the fourth champion in a three-champion mm-hmm. tournament. Mr. Crouch tells the champions that as the first task will test their daring, they will not be told what it is. It takes place on the 24th of November. Three and a half weeks later. Yes. Uh, they are forbidden to ask for uh, ask for or accept help from their teachers and can only use their wands. Champions are excused from end-of-year exams as the tasks are incredibly difficult. So, I'm going to ask this. I'm mm-hmm. just going to throw this out there. Knowing what we've realized about Madame Maxime and Igor Karkaroff, mm-hmm. since Ma- Madame Maxime, Olymp Maxime, decided that He's lying, and that some other student must have helped him. Mm-hmm. That means what? She's going to try to help her student. Probably. Okay. Hogwarts has an unfair advantage. Let's let's even yeah. out the playing field. And Igor Karkaroff was like, "You're cheating." So is he going to try to cheat? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to to set the stage because if we that makes that this makes out, that makes what happens later, slight spoiler, make much more sense. Yes. But um, but again, it's it's one of those things, and it's not really a spoiler because we're mm-hmm. deducing this right yeah, now. True, true. Like, if this is the way that they thought about this first major hiccup in the situation, then what are they going to do? They're going to try to figure out ways to circumvent yeah. the system. So, concerned by Crouch's appearance, Dumbledore invites Mr. Crouch to spend the, to spend the night at the castle. Well, yeah, he, he looks a little harried and a little bit less... Harry? <laughs> harried wary would be like the best one wary yes but he looks like a little bit frazzled he looks weather worn yes there we go good job and, but it's not just from this situation he just looks a little bit less um a little bit less kept mm-hmm. kept kept than he did before that's all so it's not necessarily because of this craziness that's happening now, but just in it, general, it's, it's like the he doctor, looks like he's a little bit... It's like the Doctor Who thing. He looks tired. Yes. Anyway. Doesn't he look tired? Mm-hmm. Um, Dumbledore also asked Karkaroff and Madame Maxine to like spend the night or like, like have a nightcap. But or they're already halfway out the door. They're, they're so mad. That they just get their champions and leave. They're like, nope, nobody, nope, nope, mm-hmm. I'm done. Yep, Dumbledore suggests that Harry and, and Cedric head back to their houses because, like, there's going to be a celebration. So as they're walking before mm-hmm. they separate ways, Cedric is like, 
So how'd you do it? So how'd you do it? In the book, he does that. He's like, so how'd you do it? And Harry's like, I didn't do it. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah. See you later. So tell me, said Cedric as he reached the entrance hall, which was now lit only by torches in the absence of the Goblet of Fire. How, how did you get your name in? I didn't, said Harry, staring up at him. I didn't put it in. I was telling the truth. Ah, okay, said Cedric. Harry could tell Cedric didn't believe him. Well, see you then. Of course he didn't believe him. Because, like, again, it, it's just like, your name doesn't uh, come out of the Goblet of Fire because, like, it's a Tuesday. Like, there, it gets put in cool and it comes Harry out. It is. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, uh, Harry considers Moody's words. Hold on, what year were they in? What? What year were they in? You're actually going to look it up. Don't do that. I have to. Well, well, oh, my God. They were in... 1995? 91? 19, 19, 94. Okay. Halloween, 1994. It's a Monday. Oh, okay. Because it's a Monday. You were close. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, so, something that we didn't mention is that Moody actually thinks that it's a plot to kill Harry. Get him into the yeah. dormant to have him killed because of the tasks are dangerous and people die in them. And the ministry went over the tasks internally and with the headmasters and mistress and were like, these are dangerous. Like and only 17-year-olds and up can do this. Yeah, and they all agreed. Yeah. And he is 14. Mm-hmm. He has at least three years less experience than is what is what is um, recommended. And more so than Victor, because Victor, I think, is 18 or 19. 18. Um, and, like... Yeah. They have years of experience. And, like, it's not, like... a, a world-renowned Quidditch player. And it's not additive in that, like, one year is one year more experience. Because, like, in like year to year, you learn vastly more in magical schools. Oh, yeah. So, it's, like... It's, like... Instead of being, like, three levels or four levels above Harry, they're, like, dozens of levels above him. Well, you have to remember that at 11 years old, you know whatever you learn. You know literally nothing. You learn whatever you learned at home. Um, In Harry's case, less than nothing. Yeah. Because he didn't even know about himself. Yeah, true. Um, But at 17 or 18, whenever you graduate, or 19, You go into the magical world. You're an adult who can hold... A magical government job. Yeah. Yeah. So within seven years, six or seven years, depending on, on how, how, you how are, your birthday falls and all that yeah, stuff. You learn everything you need to know to survive the rest of your life in the magical world. Yeah. Obviously, you learn more specialized stuff when you jump into your job. Oh, well, yeah. But you just know. Yeah. So, like, the, the difference between someone who is halfway through their education versus someone who is finishing it is immense in Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Moody just thinks someone's trying to kill Harry. Um, but, again, Moody thinks everybody's trying to kill him. So, which is what Igor Karkaroff said. So, is it really that somebody's trying to kill Harry? Or what is their, well, what is the end goal for somebody submitting him into this very dangerous tournament? Obviously, your opinion is going to be swayed by your own, like, personal right. stuff. 
So, so that's what Moody thinks because that's what he would think would happen to him if, if, that, right. if he was in Harry's position. So let's go back to our teachers. Mm-hmm. McGonagall is appalled mm-hmm. and wants to try to figure out a way to not have Harry involved. Because of his safety. Because of his safety. But there is no way. Yeah. And she's even involved. more appalled that they're willing to use him as bait to figure out what the wizard's end goal is. The one who submitted him into the tournament. Okay. Snape automatically thinks, well, this is BS anyway, because Harry submitted himself. Yep. Because he's he's a jerk, and he's looking for a celebrity, and he flaunts. Um, he has a blatant disregard for rules. Yes. Just like his father. Yep. Which is what he said before. Yep. Um, Dumbledore stopped and asked, calmly. Mm-hmm. And then said, okay, I believe you. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. You're in. Yep. And let's try to use you to figure out why you're in. Yeah. So Harry considers Moody's words. Someone entered him into the tournament to kill him. The obvious candidate is Voldemort. And Harry remembers from his dream that Voldemort is apparently plotting his death. We haven't talked about that point in a while. Yeah. But... It kind of how it's an interesting who's coincidence. With Voldemort, or how could Voldemort himself get close enough to the tournament to enter Harry in to get him killed? Yeah. Like this is these are things that now a fourteen year old Harry has to worry about. But at this point, it's like whatever. It's like another Monday for him because Voldemort's always trying to kill him, or someone's always trying to kill him. Yeah. Harry enters the common room amid a grand celebration, but his repeated denials that he did not enter the tournament are ignored. He quickly retreats to his dormitory, where he finds Ron. Ron wonders if he used the invisibility cloak to cross the age line. Loudly, audibly wonders. Mm-hmm. And is affronted that Harry refuses to tell him the truth. Like, at least you could have told me about it and mm-hmm. we could have done it together. But Harry's just like, before that, Harry's like... How do you think the invisibility cloak is going to trick the age line? Yeah. It's not It's not just a tool that you're like, oh yeah, I could totally do this. Now I'm a hunter when you wear the cloak. Like, what? Um, Harry is then left facing Ron's closed bed curtains. Because Ron is hurt. Ron is like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't we enter together? Like, what the heck, dude? Um, and then even in the movie, which tilts me the most, Ron tells Harry to piss off. Yeah. Because he thinks Harry is lying and is just like a bad friend. Yep. And also, again, Ron is Ron has no limelight. Not that he wants to be like the center of attention, but he wants to be their equal. He wants to be Harry's equal because he's overshadowed by his older brothers all the time in every single way. It's like, why do good? Why why become a prefect so I can be compared to Percy again or to Bill? Um, why, like, like, why do well, this? Charlie, wasn't Charlie ahead? Or maybe, maybe okay, Charlie, not Bill. But it's, it's just like, why do these things if it's not going to be my accolade anyway? I'm just going to be compared to my older brother who already did it. Yeah. And remember, this is what we saw in the mirror of Erised for Ron. Yeah, where he wants to Even stay Even at he 11 years old. He was, he was head boy. He was the captain of, of the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Um... He was, he was it. He was by himself, standing on a podium, getting all the accolades. 
So imagine, he's the youngest out of all these boys. Mm-hmm. He's Harry Potter's best friend. Like, if ever there was a sidekick, this is it. Yep. So he's mad that not only is he always the sidekick or always the last one to get something. Because, again, remember, we talked about this. He didn't even get his own wand until third year. Yep. Until the year before. Literally the year before. Um, And it only happened because his parents won money. Otherwise, he would have been wandless for a while. Yep. Um, So he's always the sidekick. And then his friend somehow gets, somehow in quotes, gets entered into this tournament Mm -hmm. and didn't even tell him that he was going to do it. Like, it's one thing to be the sidekick, but if you're the sidekick that's not in the know, you're just a nobody at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So he's mad. Mm Mm-hmm. And I understand it. I get it because it's feeding into all of his insecurities. However, you don't accuse your best friend of doing something like that. You trust your best friend when they tell you. Yeah, and that's what Harry is so hurt by right now. Like, his best friend is saying, you're a liar. You're a liar and a cheat right to his face. Yeah. Poor Harry. And poor Ron for feeling the way he feels. Yeah, it's like, it's not just like, oh, like, it's not just like, um, his ego just must be so shattered. Yeah. Because no matter what he does, he will never get praise for what he does. Really. Yeah. It's sad. That's why, like, like, movie Ron, like, took it a little too far. Because it wasn't just disbelief and then distance. It was, like, insulting as well. Disbelief, distance, insulting, insinuations made in front of everyone. Yeah. Like, it was, it was bad. When, when, when your number one becomes, like, an, advo- number, yeah. an advocate to bring you down or, like, to, 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 to ostracize you. Uh, like, that's hard. Yeah. Well, that's, that's us. That's that. That's, that's the end of this chapter. We were as spoiler free as possible. We gave you the information. I wonder what's going to happen with the rest of the school now. Because you know what happens in regular high schools and regular elementary schools. The rumor mill. There goes that annoying car. The rumor mill just goes at it almost instantaneously. Yep. So he's had all of this time where he was with the champions and the teachers talking about what's up. And he went back to his dorm and they were waiting to talk to him. He finally snuck away and his friend gives him the cold shoulder. What's going to happen in the morning? Because Diggory's going to go back. Cedric Diggory's going back to his house, to his dorm. And they're, they've already, they're probably waiting to talk to him about it. Yeah. To see what the, he found out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to do the, well, I tried to ask him and he told me he didn't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I just feel really bad for Harry. 
Yeah, because no one's going to believe him. No one. If the teachers don't even believe him, mm-hmm. why are the students going to believe him? And if one of the teachers specifically is like he cheated. lobbying for his dishonesty, like, I don't know. So, I automatically assume that because Snape is the head of Slytherin House, that every chance he gets to talk to his students, I bet you he went up after this and was like, so, Harry is the fourth champion, obviously through deceitful means. Yeah. You know, exactly in that voice and everything. No, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So, poor Harry. People are always talking about him. (sighs) Let's give him something to talk about. No. No? No. So that's that. That's that. We did it. We did it. So? That's it. We'll see you next time, I guess. Oh, it's our owl. Yes. Bye. Mm. Those cookie bars are delicious. Yeah.